Hey, everybody. It's In the Clinch, uh, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine alongside the verified Ryan Frederick, as I am as well. Uh, Ryan and I, in case uh, if you're following us on Twitter, you'll notice the pretty little blue check marks. And you saw them if you watched the uh, UFC pay-per-view this past weekend as well. We, we both had our tweets on the screen a couple times. Um, and yes, yeah, so that was really cool. But uh, and we're coming to you one day later uh, this this week, uh, just due to a scheduling uh, uh, difficulty. But we actually um, we're recording at the same time as usual. So if the news is a little out of date, hopefully it won't be. Usually not much happens on Tuesdays, but um, that's why uh, because we actually are still recording on Monday night. But we're just uh, dropping in your feed on Wednesday Wednesday morning. So uh, and we're we're changing uh, changing up the format just a little bit. Uh, you know, we we usually start with our. Uh, we got to talk about segment, but actually uh, our news segments have been really popular and, and we don't want to usually like the biggest thing that we have to talk about is the biggest news segment. So we figured, well, we might as well just do that all together. So we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but uh, Ryan, uh, busy, uh, busy weekend in uh, in the world of MMA this week. Um, I uh, I do like I got to say, I do like the um, the, the Saturday afternoon pay-per-views, even though I, I'm sure they didn't do as well for business. But uh, the timing is just great. Yeah, it was nice to be able to go out to dinner after UFC. But uh, I mean, I'd much rather <laughs> have it standard at nighttime because I can really? go, go right to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, it was like I got to go to a hockey game. And mm. I mean, I would have gone anyways, and I would just watch later. But uh, as it as it turned out, we uh, I had I had plans before the game, and the pay per view finished. Luckily, uh, Islam Makachev got the job done just in time because we had to leave like literally five minutes later. So yeah. if 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 Charles Oliveira got out of that second round, uh, I I would have had to pause the show. Yeah, you're you're a little bit different than me. I have so much stuff yeah. going on going on before a show that I yeah. still had to wake up at seven a.m. and I think I'd much oh. rather, you know, to to take care of business. I'd much rather have these have these you know shows that start at three o'clock and end at ten. And yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, those I are my that. perfect days. Yeah, yeah, and, and, but it was nice. It was nice to have it. It was nice to have an early show. Early yeah. show, just and I, and I, it was fun. Like when we got to the main card and being able to interact with people and stuff, watching live because I'm usually like that's the thing is Saturday afternoons and early evenings are really busy for me. So I that's why I tend to have to watch these things on a delay. And in this case, like I started late, but I caught up by by the time we got to the main card. But uh, uh, before we talk about uh, UFC 280, and and we're not going to wait too long, but we did want to just bring up quickly the. Uh, you have uh, the one on Prime Video three. Um, I gotta say, I my interest in this um, plummeted when I found out that. Well, I honestly like John Lineker. Okay, just explain what happened with John Lineker. <laughs> he he missed weight. That's the basically John Lineker had 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 a weekend. Let's just say if yeah. you play, if you were to have an MMA bingo card, he he hit probably 10 of the boxes himself uh, on a weekend. He had a weekend, but uh, we, we all know, we, we know that one's hydration system slash weigh-in system is kind of fucked up. Well, <laughs> to be honest, to yeah. be honest, part of my language, but uh, he passed the hydration, but he missed weight. So he missed weight by, by half pound and was stripped of the title, but the fight still goes on. But uh, and then just let me and then I'll get into the fight. Fight. It goes on. Uh, Lineker gets his eye shattered 
and it looked like he had a broken orbital bone. And then he uh, got kneed in the cup so hard that his cup broke and they couldn't oh. they couldn't keep the fight going. So it was ruled a no contest. So there's no uh, one, I guess it's Bantamweight cha- yeah. champion. I mean, and then Lineker, I mean, he's had a history of missing weight at flyweight, but now he's missing weight for 145 pounds because their Bantamweight division is technically the technically a real the featherweight division but uh, yeah but he just had he had just the most strange weekend in mma you could ever have and he'll probably get another shot at getting the getting the title next and uh feel bad for what was his opponent's name fabricio deandra yeah fabricio yeah i feel bad for him because he was winning that fight but he you know the yeah, I never heard of a fight being stopped and ruled a no contest due to a to a broken cup. But you know, as Gus Johnson once famously said, sometimes these things happen in MMA. So, um, just to be clear, uh, when you say the so they're they're fighting for the bantamweight title, which is it it's it's the same thing. Like it's it's technically it's one thirty five, but they reweigh at at one forty five on the day of the fight, right? No, they have to weigh in at one. Their bantamweight division is technically 145 pounds. Okay. Because because of the hydration system, okay. I don't know. I don't really. I've always but, I've so, always so been he, so confused by one and their well, yeah. weights and their weight. So he so he weighed in at 145 and a half. Yes. Wow. So I you know because when I heard that he missed weight and he got stripped, I'm like, okay, he must have missed weight by like 15 pounds or something. Because if it, it's one, like you know, if they miss by half a pound, they're just gonna lie. Like you know, is is my assumption, but obviously that's uh, that's that wasn't the case here, um, and I you know so I just didn't like I'd forgotten about the fight anyways until you sent me the message about Lineker missing weight, and so I didn't even Friday night like I actually think I might have been able to even watch it like because there wasn't much going on Friday night for me, um, I there was a Winnipeg Jets game but it was wasn't even close no you know what no. No, there wasn't. Yeah, there was nothing. No, no baseball. No, like that I care about. So yeah, I totally could have watched it, and I just completely forgot. So that I heard about all the the issues that he had. So um, yeah, kind of a disaster. Uh, I don't know uh, when. When's their next show? Were they advertising it? Um, I have no idea. I didn't watch the. Sh- I didn't watch the show outside of. The, so uh, I'm looking it up now. It's uh, it's a. Uh, oh, so you know who it is fighting in the next one? Uh, Christian Lee. Uh, is going for their middleweight championship, which is technically welterweight. And he's fought at lightweight most of his career, so he's moving up a bit. But uh, Christian Lee, Angela Lee's brother, uh, 24-year-old, has been fighting since he was like 17. And uh, he's a he's real charismatic dude. And, uh, yeah, that's on uh, November 18th. So that is one week before Thanksgiving, I believe. Um, so, yeah, that'll be uh, on Amazon Prime. So just, just about a month from now. Um, but yeah, so that was Friday night. Uh, nothing else really major happened on the show. Uh, looking, no names anybody's going to recognize. I don't think. Um, I uh, yeah, I, the only one I recognized was Jeremy Miato because I've watched a lot of one. He's a strawweight, uh, technically uh, fighting Danielle Williams, and he won by KO third round. So good for him. Um, yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into UFC 280. And uh, this was obviously from Abu Dhabi, uh, from uh, not Fight Island, uh, as uh, they 
corrected themselves a few times with the Etihad Arena <laughs> on Yaz well, it, Island. Well, it's it's still Fight Island, just but it's not called Fight Island anymore. They're not calling it Fight Island anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even though it's the same same <laughs> building and area and everything, you know. You know, you know, it's funny. Like, I feel like in like five years we're gonna be like, can you believe they had a thing called Fight Island yeah. <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic? Um, and it's gonna you have this legend like we originally thought, you know, where it was just like Dana White rented an island and people were fighting on the beach. Um, but um, the uh, yeah, but it was uh, Islam Makachev and Charles Oliveira for the vacant lightweight championship and. Uh, yeah, I mean, Islam Makachev, uh, not, not much to say. He uh, he pretty much dominated Charles Oliveira, beat him at his own game, submitted him. I wonder what the odds were for Makachev by submission. They had to have been pretty high, um, but uh, he did it. Uh, arm triangle choke, Oliveira tapped as soon as uh, Makachev got it on because, I mean, he was putting so much pressure on him. And it was funny because I said in the first round, that really both guys implemented their game plan. Like Makachev was gonna was gonna grapple with him, and Charles Oliveira wanted to go to the ground. So it was like a lot of times in these kind of fights, they end up being stand up because both guys want to avoid the other guy's strength. And in this case, they were both going right into it. And then in the second round, uh, Makachev just did the same thing and uh, ended up getting all of Oliveira. In a, he was kind of lighting him up on the feet a little bit too. He and, dropped dropped Oliveira. Yeah, the, that's right, right, right. That's and then he, the, that's what led to him getting on top for the yeah. Game. But I mean, he he was like he took him down too. So I mean, if he didn't, if he didn't knock him down, they were probably going to the ground again, anyways. And uh, it, it's just like uh, Oliveira was going to have to pull off a submission, and just I kind of got the sense, and you know, I was kind of favoring Oliveira the whole way, thing playing this fight out in my head, and then. I just kind of hit me like during the fight. It's like, my God, like he's got the greatest of all time coaching him. And like, there's no way they weren't coaching these submissions like for the last like three months. And, uh, you know, and, and Makachev was not going to get submitted. So, I mean, he probably had to kill him to submit him. Did so you, real quick, did you hear about the amount of money that Makachev and them spent on the training camp? Uh, no, they said, they said around a million dollars that they spent on the training camp between paying everybody they brought in and everything like this was, I don't, I mean, I, I will have to ask around like on, like on some fighters. I know to ask them how much they've ever spent on a training camp, but that is, that's the highest I think I've ever heard of. Maybe, maybe McGregor has spent that much before, before, but I mean, that's, you know, that's an insane amount of money to spend to train for a fight. And that means you're, you're committed and you're coming in at your best. Well, and not only that, like, you know, this is his first title fight. Um, he's probably not making much more than that. If he's even making that much. Yeah. But they're, they're also heavily funded by. Yeah. 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 No, I'm not people, saying people we don't want to talk about. But. No, no, I know. I know. But I'm just saying in terms of like legally on the books, like they, yeah. they may have actually lost money, but now he's, you know, he's a champ and he's going to be making big bucks going forward. So, yeah, I thought Oliveira's best chance to win this fight. He didn't execute it, which would be, which would be, I thought he was a superior striker of the two. And we've seen, you know, Makachev is good on the feet. He was better here. Than he'd mm-hmm. ever been before, but I thought somebody like somebody like Oliveira would be able to to line him up on the feet because the one time we've seen Makachev lose, he was knocked out cold by yeah. Adriano Martins of all people. You know, it's been a long time, 
but uh but Oliver just never got into a rhythm on the feet and I don't know Makachev his ground game was just so strong and it was, it was just a, just in just a beating I was, did not go the way I was thinking it was going to go I thought Oliver was going to look much better than he did than he did and Oliver said he just didn't feel right in there and it's hard to feel right against Makachev and uh yeah and just just uh I'm kind of surprised. Like I said, I'm surprised how this ended, but but you can't deny that Makachev is the best lightweight in the world right now. No, not at all. And I mean, a lot of people thought he was, anyways. And and now this kind of cements it. Yeah, and it yeah, kind I of yeah, I wasn't sold until this, but I'm sold now. Well, and and it's kind of like I think it was me that said it last week. You know, when when I was comparing him to Khabib, because you had brought up how you know he didn't have the impressive track record of guys that he's beaten, and it was kind of the same thing that people were saying about Khabib until he started fighting those guys, and then he got better. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened here. Like like he looked better against Oliveira than he's looked against anybody. Um, you know, and and he did it against Charles Oliveira, which makes it even that all that yeah. much more impressive. I'm still interested in seeing how he'll do against somebody who legit can finish it with with one punch. And I'm talking about Michael Chandler or Justin yeah. Gaethje. Like those will still those will still interest me. But I mean, I'm sure know. I'm in the minority, but I have like almost no interest in seeing him fight. Uh, Volkanovski, and I know that's the next fight, and that's you know that's what they're promoting, and they had him in the ring, and they did the square off and everything, but he's gonna destroy Volkanovski. Like I just I don't even see that being competitive, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Volkanovski's really, really quick though. So, but he's so like... much smaller. That's the like, and and that's where I'm like, you know, like I just don't see how he overcomes that. But, you know, and then if he puts on a ton of weight in order to fight here, then how is he going to go back to featherweight? Um, you know, like if he puts on that natural muscle muscle mass that he'll need so so he rehydrates and, you know, gets down, you know, get, gets up there. And because, I mean, Makachev's going to be going in the cage at 175. And is is Volkanovski going to be doing that? I don't know. Uh, I think Volkanovski usually goes in about 169-ish. Oh really? Okay. So he's, yeah. Wow, that's pretty. He's a, he's a pretty big featherweight. He doesn't look it. Like he looks, you know, like kind of small, smallish. I mean, like we're talking about a guy who who played rugby before yeah. his UFC career. And he was three hundred twenty pounds. I know, ridiculous. So, so yeah. yeah, him and so, him yeah. and Rich Holland. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be in Australia in February, which I was yeah. surprised whenever Makachev said said Australia will come to Australia in February because Makachev has always been like a Habib, like. You fight, and then you don't expect them to see him fighting again for another six months. So to turn around three months later to do this, I mean, I mean, you think they're uh, you think they're making it worth his while? Probably so. I mean, I yeah. I have I figured the whole time, the whole time when it come to the Australia main event that Volkanovski was going to be in it. They put it in Perth, which is near where he's from. So that's. That's kind of his show. I always figured if Oliveira won, it'd be Oliveira and Volkanovski. But if Makachev won, then Volkanovski would have ended up uh, defending the featherweight title. So it's kind of a surprise that Maka, to me that Makachev is willing to fight that quick. Quick. So maybe maybe that helps Volkanovski out a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because well, and and the other thing is 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 Volkanovski's already been preparing to fight. Uh, one of these two guys, if, if you know, in case something happens. So technically, he's got a bit of a head start on the training camp. 
Um, yeah, just uh, just keep Hasbula away from Volkanovsky. <laughs> well, okay, what's the deal with that? Like, I, I have no idea what – like, I, I saw him on the screen and everybody popped. And, like, I know I recognize the name, but I have no idea what the story is. Uh, what do you mean what the story is on what? Well, who is this guy? Hasbula, he's just – he's a Instagram celebrity who okay. who'd been called who'd been called a mini Habib. Mini Habib because you know he's he's a little he's a little guy. Well, I'll well, say it that way. Okay. Oh, so he's so he's not like I thought he was like an overgrown baby. No, like, he's he's twenty years old. Oh, okay. So he's like a Gary he's twenty Cohen kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got the condition. He's got okay. the condition, and okay. and he okay. he's from the same area that Habib and them are at him, him and he came he kind of came famous because he was feuding with another little guy and they were going to they were going to have an MMA fight and Hasbula was training with Habib and taking pictures oh, okay. and people were calling him a mini Habib but he's kind of just you know he became Instagram famous and and I just you know it's funny that that people get triggered the like not you like I'm not no, I didn't you, but care. I'm not, like I just but there's oh. a lot of people that were yeah. making comments about even people who used to work for the UFC like like get this guy off our screen and blah 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 it's just like I mean, the kid's 20 years old. He was born with a disability, disability that ends a lot of people's lives early. Just let him live. Let the kid live. Let the kid live his best life, you know, for however long it's going to happen. And if UFC wants to promote him and, you know, give him a spotlight, you know, who cares? Who cares? It's harmless. You know, well, not only that, but look at the freaking pop he got. Yeah, like, I, that's game. all I needed to hear. Like I didn't yeah. know who he was, but it didn't and matter. The, and like, the and the views and views and yeah. stuff he gets. I mean, it's just it's to me it's harmless fun. I like I love Hasbula. Like they you know they'd I mean? be stupid not to put him on screen if yeah. he was there. You know, like yeah. it's like oh he's there and this, he's a big star and he, oh we're not going to show him because our fans are going to get mad. Fuck that. Yeah, he supposedly has a UFC contract, but it's just probably for like promo yeah. promotional stuff, and there's no harm in that. I mean, what what's the harm? Like, well, really? you know, if, they, if he wants to fight, he could probably beat Mike Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. Uh, but uh yeah so that that was uh that was something and uh yeah mock chef you know he and well he didn't end the reign of Oliveira, but he won the vacant title and uh you know and, and i'm sure like Oliveira probably only needs to like win one one fight maybe like the you know to get a rematch but he yeah. probably does need to win one fight i don't yeah. think they would just go right to a rematch Here, here's a question for you what do you do with Oliveira next Jeez, that's a tough one, man. Um, I got. Let me look at the uh, UFC lightweight rankings. I, nothing springs to mind because, like, he's beat all those big names, like on his way up. Um, and I don't necessarily think we want to see a rematch. So perhaps you you put him against a new, maybe Dariush. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we'll get into it in a moment, but Neil Dariush, who beat Matus Gamron on this show, yeah, a lot of people were talking about that. As a number one contender fight, and I could see that happening. Yeah, or Fiziev, maybe. Yeah, Fiziev looks like he's going to fight Yaichi next. Okay. So, okay. So that looks like I know. Here's one. Here's a suggestion I have, and uh, and Oliver kind of strikes me when you look at the division, kind of a lot like this person, like like he's kind of he's kind of in this weird territory. Except that Oliveira can easily get another another rematch. What about Max Holloway moving to 155 and they do that rematch between him and Oliveira since that first fight ended with that injury? 
that's my uh, first fight I ever covered uh, live. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that would be. Yeah, I'd be there. I'd be down for that. And that, I mean, honestly, that that's borderline a pay per view headliner. But I mean, it would definitely headline a fight night or or an ESPN card or be a very very strong co main event. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking because I think now Volkanovski so solidified at featherweight that Holloway has has real no has no real position in the division no. any, anymore until a time comes where Volkanovski loses and he, and so it makes perfect sense now for Holloway to move up and if you do Oliver and Dariush you run the risk of killing off Dariush as a contender but at the same time you put you know Charles wins he, easily he's number one contender again but i think if you if Holloway were to move, were to move up and they did him and Oliveira again for, and hopefully, like you know, it doesn't end under the unfortunate circumstances. I think you get a legit top contender out of that one too. Oh yeah, and that's I mean that's a way you can instantly make, um, uh, you know, Holloway a lightweight contender. And then even if he was to lose, it doesn't necessarily hurt him that much in the division. You could still put him against guys like Gaethje and Chandler, and and you know even Connor if you wanted to. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then Oliveira would go right back into a title fight. Yeah. And, so, and I think if Holloway were to move up, he instantly needs to fight a top 10 guy. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I, uh, I, I never thought of it till you mentioned it, but, um, that's, that makes a ton of that, sense. That one's been on my mind since Saturday. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to let it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. And, uh, I would love to see it. And I, I mean, I don't know, I guess it would depend on how long it takes Oliveira to recover. I imagine he, he didn't take a ton of damage. I mean, he got submitted, but I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be the worst idea to put that as the co-main event underneath Volkanovsky and, uh, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm blanking already. Makachev. Um, you know, or in Brazil, or Brazil. Oh God, yeah, January. Yeah, if he's ready, and I'm sure Oliver would love to fight in Brazil. Yeah. Um, and Holloway, you know, he did. He last fought in July, so he's hopefully he's you know recovered. I'm sure he had some injuries, but and then he doesn't have to deal with that super bad weight cut anymore either. So, and hopefully he trains this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. All right, and in the uh, in the co-main event now, I gotta ask you something, dude. Did you know about Dillashaw's shoulder? No. Okay, because if you did and you didn't tell me, I'd I'd have been pissed off because I'd put money on Dillashaw. But no, nobody, uh, nobody knew about it. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously some people knew, but the very few. Uh, the, people, the the few people who knew about it weren't going to say anything. No, exactly. Put yeah. you that way. Yeah. So, T.J. Dillashaw went into this fight. He claims that his shoulder went out like twenty times during training, and uh, given what happened in the fight, that is not hard to believe at all. He warned the referee before the match, hey, my shoulder's going to go out. Don't stop the fight, which I guess Aaron Pico should have done that in Bellator. Um, obviously, I'm being a little cheeky there, but I mean, there is no way this fight should have gone past the first round. I don't know how they let him go back out there. Um, and uh, knowing what they knew, uh, I don't even know how he made it out of the first round. Uh, you know, like I, I don't know how. I don't know how Sterling didn't finish him. I don't know how Dillashaw didn't tap. I don't know how the ref didn't stop it when he saw that Dillashaw was fighting with one arm. And even when he got back to his feet and he's walking around the cage and his arms just hanging there, like, and you could see his shoulder like popped out on the screen. Like I, I, I know you're trying to give the, you know, you're giving him the warriors chance, but he had zero chance to win this fight. 
And to me, this was a bit of a black eye on the sport. I, I don't know what you thought. Okay. Uh, now I'll say that uh, the shoulder was the same shoulder that Dillashaw had multiple surgeries on while he was on his USADA suspension. So it's already an issue. issue. And, uh, yeah, they there were some people that knew ahead of time who knew early in the week about it. I, yeah, I don't know how you let that fight go on in that situation, in that situation, knowing that the fighters basically tell you, I'm going to get hurt during this fight, and I know what the injury is going to be, and here's what it is. And uh, I get TJ, what he's saying. He didn't want to hold up the division anymore. He could have still pulled out. They, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I mean, I get it. He, I get it. In his mind, if he were to pull out, he wouldn't get the title shot next. Then that's why he didn't pull pull out because they were already kind of borderline iffy on giving him the title shot after missing missing over a year after the San Hagen fight. But they still did it. They still did it. And if he were to pull out again, you know, he probably was would have to fight once more for side of the fight. So he didn't want to give up a guaranteed title shot. I get that. I get that. I like that he apologized to the division for you know holding him up, holding it up. Knowing that this was going to be, that this was likely going to be the result months ago. Knowing, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, them knowing. It's it's hard to talk about this fight now, be, because just it was, you know, now that with the benefit of hindsight, you know, it was a foregone conclusion that Sterling was going to win win now before the fight even started. So it's almost it's really unfair to Aljamain Sterling because he dominated. Dillashaw, but he dominated a guy who was done days before he even stepped into the cage. So, so you're not really, yes, it's a legit win for Sterling, but it's one of those that he's going to keep getting criticized over, you know, mm-hmm. the fake win o- over Yon. Oh, you got the lucky decision over Yon. Now you beat a guy who had one, who had one arm, you know, going into the fight. It's, it's not fair. It's not fair to Aljamain, but, uh, but he looked as good as you could look. Yeah. And, you know, fighting a guy, you know, you although know, fighting a, fighting a one armed man in an ass kicking contest. Although you could say that, you know, the fact that he couldn't finish him, you know, what does that say? You know, that you couldn't finish a guy with one arm. You know, like I'm sure in people, you know, he Sterling's finished on, him. No, he finished him in a second. Well, he did, but. Um, Sterling is not a popular guy and, and people are going to hold that against him for sure. Yeah. And then if he somehow goes on to lose his next fight, then everyone's going to just dismiss his title reign, which is not fair at all because he's, I believe the first guy since like, I don't even know, like, is it, I think was he the first guy to ever successfully defend the Bantamweight title twice? Uh, no, no. I thought they said that on the broadcast. No, no, I think Cruz defended it a few times. I don't know because remember he used to miss so much, so much time. Um, let me just have a look here. I got to pull up Cruz's record because I mean, if you're counting just UFC, uh, so you don't count his his uh, WEC fights. Uh, okay, here we go. He no, came did, in. Bill Shaw defended twice, twice. Hinnan Brow defended. Brow defended. Okay, he won the title over TJ, and then he defended against Uriah. Oh, wait. Oh, hang on. I'm looking at – You're looking at the wrong thing. TJ Dillashaw defended against Joe Soto and Hinnan Burrell twice. Dominic Cruz uh, 
he came in the UFC's champion. He defended against Faber and, and Demetrius. Yeah, you're right. So twice, and then so. current Hennon Burrell, while he was interim champion, 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 he defended that belt twice. All right. Okay. Actually, he beat Michael McDonald for it. For it. no, he beat Faber for it. So maybe that's what they maybe that's what they're yeah, saying is Hennon nobody's Burrell, nobody's defended Burrell, it more than yeah, twice. Hennon Burrell defended the the interim title twice, Michael okay. McDonald and Eddie Wineland, and then he defended the undisputed title once. So technically, he defended three times. Okay, but still, it's it's been a long time. I it's mean, been a long we're, time, we're going yeah. back that far. So you know, and again, people are going to look at this as tainted, and maybe that's not fair to Aljamain. Um, but you know, and again, and we'll get into Peter Yan in a second. But you know, he's had some bad luck uh, over his last few fights too. Um, but you know, um, kudos to Aljamain. He uh, he wants to get paid. I don't know if he's you know got a new contract coming up or if he's just looking for a bonus or what. But he uh, him and Dana, you know, he's, he's always bitching about something. And, uh, but, uh, he, yeah, he got the win and I don't know. Well, I guess they're the natural fight to make would be Sean O'Malley, but Sean doesn't seem to be terribly interested in fighting for the title right now based on his post-fight interview. Um, although maybe <laughs> that was for the moment. I don't know what you think. We'll talk about whenever we finish talking. Okay. About the but, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, he won a uh, second round, uh, you know, finish it tapped uh, the ref stopped it due to strikes and uh good, good win, you know, for all He finished them uh, three minutes and 44 seconds in the second round. So the f- top two title fights, both um, went to the favorites, even though a lot of people were picking the underdogs on the, on this one and uh, both around the same time in the second, second round. So um, yeah, we got uh, and still and, uh, and new. Um, and then of course, in the, uh, the featured, um, bantamweight fight which theoretically could have determined a new challenger sean o'malley won a split decision over peter yawn um now my immediate reaction to this was that it was bullshit like i i had money on sean o'malley i picked him last week and i had a profit because of it but i did not think he won this fight i thought the first round was close but i thought yawn did did enough to win it Second round was clearly on, and I thought O'Malley won the third round, although it was close as well. And um, and yet the uh, two of the three judges gave it to O'Malley, and uh, he did not even seem to think he won when they were reading the scores and when they were talking to him after the fight and when they asked him about what he, what he wanted next. He said he kind of wanted to go back and look at this fight again and see. And, you know, I don't think he seems like he really wanted to fight Aljamain just yet, but uh, I don't know what your sense was there. And, I know you scored it for Jan, but you said you were going to watch again. So I'm curious to see if you saw it any differently on the second watch or if you've even had a chance to do that yet. I have done it. I have okay. watched it twice. Watching it live, I I gave the first first round to Jan, thought it was close. Gave the second round to Jan, very clearly. Third round, I gave to O'Malley, O'Malley and I didn't think it was – Super close. I thought it was close-ish, but not very, but not super close because I thought O'Malley had many chances to finish finish on in the third, and that cut was very bad. Yeah. Watching it, and then whenever I saw people on Twitter, Twitter when I did my twenty nine twenty eight Yon scorecard, I noticed that a lot of people people uh, gave the first to O'Malley. The majority gave it to Yon. But then I saw, you know, several people gave it to O'Malley. You know, when I say several people, these are other reporters I follow who don't necessarily have their scores posted on MMA decisions. 
Yeah. So, uh, so there were some people who actually, who I actually follow, who actually scored it for O'Malley. And when I saw that, and then I saw, saw our good friend, Jeremy Botter say that the judges are totally going to give it to O'Malley. And then when that was, that was, I was convinced like, you know what? He might actually win this. And then when I heard the first scorecard that buffer, buffer ran off that said 29, 28 yawn, I was like, O'Malley, O'Malley's getting the decision. It was just, yeah. it just felt that way. And watching it a second time, honestly, I could see giving O'Malley the first round. He outstruck Jan in the round. He, uh, you know, it was. He got knocked down, was, right? That was the big, that was the big thing. I don't think he got knocked down, no. I, I, I could swear one of them got knocked down. And for me, that was the difference. And I, I could have sworn it was O'Malley, but um, I, you watched it twice. So I'll take your word for no, it. He, he, didn't get knocked, he didn't get knocked down. No, he got, he kind of stumbled. I think he got hit. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was looking so at. It wasn't yeah. knocked down, but he still outlanded him. And I could see, like, I still gave the first round to Jan. Watch it in the second time. I still had a 29 28 Jan. But I could see how it, it was, was one of those it, fights it, where it was, it was close. much close. It was much closer watching it the second time being completely focused than it was when I watched it live the first time and live the first time, I thought it was very close. So where, when I think, say very close, like maybe, maybe it was like 60, 40 for young. Okay. Watching it very close, watching the second time. I'm like, dude, it's like more like 53, 47, okay. seven yawn, like, you know, close to that close. So uh, I could totally, I totally see giving Sean O'Malley the decision. And so, uh, and I know by his post, his post fight comments in the cage basically were like, he was shocked that he won the fight because I don't believe, I don't believe for a second that he thought he won the, won the fight. And it was kind of more like, you know, I'm kind of like in shock kind of talk. His post fight scrum was more, was more a little more, more lively when it comes to <laughs> title fight. Of course, he said, I'm going to have to renegotiate my contract after this win. So, mm-hmm. so that's the deal there. But uh. Him yeah, and, uh, him I, and Sterling both. <laughs> I'm I'm going to tell you right now. I could write a book about the UFC and their and their history of business decisions that they make for business business. Both you know when it comes to making fights and other things, I could write a book about it. And knowing what I do from following the sport for you know 25 years, Sean O'Malley is totally getting the title shot next. So you don't think it's going to be Cejudo? I think so. I, I think you strike while you have O'Malley coming off the big win. That's just, yeah, and and that's what I would do too. I'm just yeah, the, I see that name out there, and so unless you're going to give Cejudo, like you got to give him like maybe Peter Yan, like somebody big in the division to where he beats that guy, he gets a title shot right away. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see Sterling and Cejudo happening, yeah. but I think you have to give Sean O'Malley, and you know, maybe maybe not Sterling's next fight is against Sean O'Malley. The Sean O'Malley's next fight is for the title. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe he's you know takes takes a little time and and builds up the fight and uh, trains. Okay. And I mean, Sterling looked like a guy who could fight again, fight again. You know, early March and maybe. Yeah. Maybe Sterling takes or maybe Sean O'Malley takes his time and renegotiates his deal and they hold him off till, I don't know, July sounds good. Yeah. International Fight Week. Sean O'Malley yeah. fighting for a title. Who knows. Put him on the same card uh, as Connor, maybe. Hey, you, can't, um, you can't put put them on the same card because Connor would have the main event, and there uh, won't be any time. I've told you this before. Con- Connor's the main event, and there can't be any title fights if he's on. Oh, okay, if he's okay. headlining. Um, 
And unfortunately for Peter Yan, I mean, he's, you know, his last three fights, well, three of his last four fights were losses that were, you know, somewhat disputed, um, you know, and uh, unfortunate for him that, you know, like he, you know, in, in some ways, some people thought he was like one of the best bantamweights ever. And now he's just like, you know, a guy that had the title and, you know, lost a couple rematches. So, and now lost basically a number one contenders fight. So, it, uh, you know, I, I think like his next fight's going to be really interesting because I think it's got to be against a real big name and he's kind of got to win decisively or he's going to be, you know, just one of these guys that just kind of fades away. I think Well, the thing with Jan, I think, I think most people think he beat Sterling in that second fight and the vast majority of people think he, won this fight. So I don't think it hurts him. I think he should fight Marab next. Yeah. That's what, you, that's, what you, that's the fight to make him, him and Marab Devage Billy. Do I, I don't know. Like one of those guys, him or Alderman has to switch divisions or something, but it's, it's just so ridiculous that these guys won't yeah. fight each other. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but honestly I would favor Jan over Marab. And if Jan beats Marab, well, Jan's back in contention and that yeah. kind of kills, kills Marab. For as long what as if Marab wins? And if Marab wins, it's just we're in the same boat we are now. You're going, yeah. You know, you just you just can't give anybody to Mar. You're yeah. already in a boat where you can't give a contender contender to Marab. So yeah. maybe you give Jan, who's technically on a two fight losing skip, to to Marab and see what happens there. Happens yeah. there. I mean, and he'll be motivated because you know Jan and uh, Sterling don't like each other, so that should extend over to Marab. So. I think uh, Jan and Sterling have kind of made up. Have they? So, okay, well that's good. That's good so. to hear. Um, and then the other uh, big fight on the main card, and we don't need to talk too much about the women's fight, but uh, Benil Dariush and Mateus Gamrot. You and I both really liked this fight. I know a lot of people didn't, but uh, I thought it was really good. Was this the fight where my tweet about good matchmaking made it on the screen, or was that in the Muhammad Brady? I, don't I remember. No, but I have no idea. Somebody commented on it on the F4W board and thought I was like cherry pick or you know whatever sucking up or and i really like the card like i don't know like the, that guy just just kept, kept posting about how how much the card sucked and i'm like i don't know i'm watching the oh, card he, and I he, enjoyed was, it. he was saying the show was sucking so far i know yeah really, and i was like it, i mean no no this show had a very ufc 189 vibe where where that where the those those first Six fights kind of dragged, but once it got to Muhammad, once it got to the featured prelim, it it went kind of into another level. It didn't match UFC 189, but I, I saw, you know, it was just a lot of a lot of negativity. I because to me, like the only fight that I can even look at, like even looking over the results now, like the only one that really kind of bored me was the women's fight. But um, oh. this, <laughs> yeah, no, there was. There was uh, there was a couple of fights I thought were worse than that one, but oh okay. Well, I, I just I, I guess I just whatever. Maybe I was in a good mood, but uh, Darius and Gamrot was was a real good one. Um, Gamrot, yeah, no, this one was great. Yeah, yeah, Gamrot was you know like I talk about how this played out because I don't even really it's not really super fresh in my mind. I just remember that Darius kind of came on and kind of took the fight in the second and third rounds and clearly won the decision. It was very grappling heavy, and I tend to I tend to love fights that are like between high level grapplers yeah. where there's a lot of a lot of switches and reversals and scrambles and all that. I mean, this was that. Oh, that was the one. This was the one that started out with just like back and forth on the ground, like just like crazy. That yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, was, yeah. 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 I, I love that. I just I was in heaven. 
Yeah, it was just, um, I mean, uh, Gamro won the first round, and then Darius kind of took over the second and the third with the, with his striking, and just he was, Gamro wasn't as successful with the takedowns in the second and third as he was the first. Darius is a strong, is a strong grappler and was constantly escaping and then landing on the feet more. Feet more. Uh, Gamro was just, he was spamming takedowns, and Darius was defending him. So it was just, but a lot of scrambles, a lot of transitions, a lot of reversals, and uh, really great work from both guys. And Darius did drop Gamro in the third, which uh, which you know was a which probably made the difference in the outcome yep. because that third was very was starting out was kind of close until that happened, and then Darius took over in the third, and really great win for for him, and it would have been a great win for Gamro. I'm kind of. Puzzled on the two thirty twenty sevens because I thought the first round was clearly for Gamro, but I, I maybe I need to watch it back again, back again, you know, before I finish up my observer stuff. To I was see. I was surprised at the thirty twenty seven. I did. Uh, I love that knockdown because he, he clearly knocked him down and then he just backed off. Like he's like, I'm not going to the ground with him. Get up, let's do this again. Like he, uh, you know, even though they had so much fun on the ground in the first round, but I guess he just didn't want any part of that. And then he, you know, he cut a promo that uh, you know the crowd didn't love. Um, you know, being heavily Muslim and he was, you know, progressing his faith and you know in Jesus. Um, but you know that's his right and he won and they were respectful, like they didn't boo him or anything. I was kind of half expecting them to, but um, they uh, they were totally for him during the fight and then you know they kind of just got quiet when when he did his promo. But um, he uh, yeah he should get a real big fight next. Uh, definitely a top five guy. Although you know like those names are so big. He- he should be getting a title shot next, but unfortunately, that's not gonna probably not looking likely for him. Yeah, I mean, if it's not Oliveira, like I suggested, you know, if if they do the Oliveira Holloway, then yeah, I don't, you know, maybe one like a Chandler or Gaethje or you know somebody like that, uh, Poirier. Like the, those are all super interesting because he's till now he's basically fought guys like kind of on his level, you know, in in the sense of you know, like similar ranking positions and similar styles and everything. And he's never really fought those, that dynamic striker. So that would be really interesting to see in my opinion, but yeah, um, he's probably, he's, he's got his next fight either has to be title fight, Oliveira or the Poirier Chandler winner. That's the only, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's the only stuff that makes sense for him. My boy, my, my vote is Poirier Chandler winner. Yeah. yeah. And the timing works because that that's only in a couple of weeks now. So yeah. Um, all right, and uh, yeah, and then the, capping off the main card, uh, Manon Fierro won a unanimous decision over Caitlin Chikagan. This was there, I mean, it was fine, but I mean, she didn't impress enough to get a title shot, in my opinion. But with her win streak, she might get it. Um, you know, and, and it's either gonna be her or Grasso, you know, after Grasso got the win last week, so you know, or unless they put them together and then you know, Valentina goes for the Bantamweight title, you know, that they could do that too. But. Yeah, all I'm going to say about th- about this fight is is if you're going to bet two hundred fifty thousand dollars, oh my god, on a fi- for a finish in a fight, do not do it on a women's fight ever. I don't care who it is. Yeah, don't do it on a women's fight. Well, here's the Just, thing: if if you're betting two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you it's probably like me betting twenty five bucks. Like that guy, that guy's got millions burning hole in his pocket. Yeah. So, but still, still, if you're going to bet that much, yeah, so then don't do it again. Don't do it on somebody against somebody who's only been finished what once in their career. Yeah, just twice. put that money on a non-finish. I mean, it doesn't pay as well, but still getting a big profit on two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're probably going to win yeah. like 
60 grand. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the featured prelim is the only other one we really need to talk about, uh, you know, other than when you go over the results, but, um, the law Muhammad, uh, just an incredible performance, uh, second round TKO over Sean Brady, right near the end of the second round standing TKO. Brady was not happy about the stoppage, but I mean, he was going to lose the fight anyways. I was kind of surprised that they stopped it, but I wasn't. I wasn't thinking it was a bad stoppage. Just I figured they'd let it go till the end of the round. Um, and he, you know, he didn't seem like he was going down or anything, but he wasn't fighting back. And uh, Blah Muhammad just looked outstanding. Um, I was curious about the flag. He because they announced him from Chicago, but there wasn't the flag was not an American flag. Was that a UAE flag or was it something else? Do you know? Did you notice it? I didn't. I wasn't looking at the flag. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, they showed like on you know on the little logo thing. It might have been a UAE. Uh, he was a big crowd favorite, anyways. Um, and uh, yeah, but he uh, biggest win of his career. Uh, you know, Sean Brady's first loss, and Muhammad's another one that you know kind of like Darius. Like he's got to get into that title mix soon because, I mean, he's he's lost you know one fight in the last six years, uh, and he's won now three, four. Well. He hasn't lost in eight, nine fights. So he needs a top five contender, you know, and then, you know, a title shot after that, probably. But this is great, great performance from Muhammad. I mean, Bilal should be fighting Kamzan next. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, honestly. My God. And yeah. that should be a, that should be a number, number one contender fight. And, uh, it was probably the flag of Palestine because his parents are oh, Palestinian. Okay. So it was the same colors as the UAE flag, but I didn't really notice the design. So yeah, I mean, I'm just that's probably where, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it was with with the yeah, red yeah, tri- red yeah. triangle and the black, yeah, white, and blue. That yeah. is definitely the one. I just I just or black, white, and green. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, that makes sense. So, but, but anyway, like yeah, I know I know there was talk this week. This week, I'll just kind of let it out of you know Oscar. Oscar from a uh, Mac life did an interview with Dana and he threw out Colby and Kamzat, you know, they'll probably try to make that f- fight. And I don't think Colby will take it. So I think we should be looking at Bilal and Kamzat next, but that's what Bilal, he called out. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Bilal, Bilal needs to fight either. He, the only stuff that makes sense for him, he could fight Colby next. Maybe that's Colby what, that's that the one fight. I thought. And I was maybe Colby. Takes that Colby. Fight. Yeah. Maybe Colby takes that fight, but Bilal, the, He's like Darius. The only fights that make sense of for him next are a title fight or comes out or Colby. Like nothing else. He should be fighting nothing else but one of but one of those three. And so. his next fight needs to be five rounds. Whether he's in a main event against a you know a top five guy or if he's fighting for a title. But I want to see him for twenty five minutes or at least yeah. the fight yeah, scheduled for twenty five minutes. Yeah, I mean yeah, I mean we just did with over the, the, the Luke fight back That's in true. April. Yeah. Back yeah. in a back in April. But I mean the guy has you know, nine fight unbeaten streak, and he's got one loss in his last what 15, 16 fights. So yeah, this fight I, easily welterweight. Yeah, this fight easily could have headlined a fight night card. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, talking about last week, but yeah, like like now, I mean, Brady had a great first round, but Muhammad's second round, especially when he when he got got the finish, it was just a just incredible and just and and he's also just like a super likable and and good dude so it's like just got some personality he's done the you know he did did a little bit of stuff with pro wrestling and yeah it you know it's kind of like a shame that probably for whatever reason some people won't attach 
won't attach to them for you know whatever reason. Maybe maybe just because you know individual stars aren't aren't as big. You got to kind of be somebody like a like a Connor to kind of break out. But he's a guy who should be like a superstar just because he has he has every he checks every box. Yeah, that you, yeah. That you would want. Good looking want guy, yeah. exciting fighter, very um, well spoken. Yeah, very well spoken, very engaging personality, funny. Yeah, just I mean he's. Uh, people who follow fighters on Twitter, like he's one of the best fighters to follow. Like, you know who he reminds me of in in wrestling? What's that? Is uh, uh, Mustafa Ali? Yeah, a little bit. You know, and uh, and they're both from Chicago, and uh, you know, and and they both have similar you know backgrounds and uh, and and guys that are you know like under uh, under pushed is the right word for Bilal Muhammad, but uh, you know he should be higher up the cards than he is kind of, I think with his record, but oh, he yeah. will be, he will he be will now. Be. I mean, they were starting to push with him, uh, you know, after, after the Edwards, after the unfortunate Edwards, yeah. Edwards beat, you know, they put him, they put him against Maya and then they put him in a co-main against Wonder Boy, then the main against Luke K and then yep. this fight, which should have been a main, main event on a fight night, but, but that's, but also fighting him. And he trained with, uh, Habib and Islam and all of them for like the last six weeks of his camp. Yeah, he put over Khabib so, pretty strong in, yeah. in his post fight promo. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so, yeah that that was good. And then, uh, like you said, the rest of the card we don't really need to talk too much about. But I know you had wanted to get into what's next for a lot of these people, and I think we kind of already well, have. Yeah, but is there anything yeah. else you want to add on? No, no, I okay. would just say for for Mana Fioro, like Alexa Grasso, that that fight seems to be the fight that has to be next because I don't think he can. You, you definitely. I don't think you can give Fioro a title fight off of the off of this for sure. No, <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, I would favor Grasso getting a title shot over her next if you had to pick between one of the two. So yeah, so unless you you know for some maybe if you maybe if they're going to do a show in Mexico, you you might want to do that fight. But otherwise, yeah, just do the number one contender, and then you know maybe uh, maybe Valentina you know fights. Uh, Amanda Nunez again, you know, third yeah. time or is that fourth time now? I don't know. That'd be a third time. Third time. Okay. Uh, so take us through the uh, rest of these fights. Well, first off, my three star or three stars. Oh, yeah, three stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thanks. yeah. I mean, two of them we've already kind of talked about on mine. Well, one of them is Bilal Muhammad. Second one I, for me is uh, I'm going to give it to Aljamain Sterling. And okay. uh, my third one I'm going to give to Muhammad Mukhaev. He, he was out of the first six fights. He was the only one that got a finish and it came with 34 seconds left, but he looked fantastic. And he claimed that he was sick all week and only fighting at 50%. If he, if he, if that's true and he was only fighting at 50% percent and Malcolm Gordon gave him a really tough fight, but Makayev, mm-hmm. like if that was him at 50%, then him at a hundred percent is champion is it might be an unbeatable champion, but uh, yeah, he's my third star on this show. So I'll go with uh, Dariush for my one one of my stars, and uh, I'll go with um, Aljamain Sterling and uh, uh, Chow Baralo, Bahayo. I don't know how that's pronounced, but um, I was hoping he would get a finish there, but he he got a nice win over uh, Mahmoud Muradov, and uh, he's uh, he's a guy that I think we need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Okay. So uh, going through the card, started off with a women's bantamweight fight. Carol Hosa, majority decision over Lena Landsberg, 229, 27 cards and a 28, 28. Reason for those scores were Rosa got a, got a point taken away in the second round for, I think it was the second. Yeah. 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 Second round. Yeah. 
slide right in front of me. Shit. <laughs> Second round, uh, illegal knee. Yeah. But other than that, she she pretty much dominated the fight with her grappling, and she was a little slightly better, better on the feet. It wasn't much of a fight, but uh, but yeah, who was there? Then we had Muhammad Mokaya finishing Malcolm Gordon third round submission with the arm bar. Uh, Mokaya looked great. Gordon looked good in losing, losing, mm-hmm. and he gave Mokayev a really tough fight. He even put Mokayev in some dangerous spots with, you know, he rocked him at one point on the feet and had him in a choke that was close. So end of the first round, I mean, it, 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 he was pretty looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah and, and threatened threatened him with submissions. So so it was a good. Is a good test for Makayev. Uh, then we had a middleweight fight. Uh, Armin Petrosian, unanimous decision over AJ Dobson, 30 27 across the board. Uh, Petrosian was basically kicking him, leg kicks, body kicks the entire fight. Uh, Dobson, he, um, he, he had a lot of hype coming in the UFC, and this was his second fight. And both fights, he just seemed to freeze inside the, inside the cage. He, he just, uh, just something. I don't know what it is, what it is, but he's not fighting the way we saw him on the regional scene and during his contender series uh, showing. And you know, he just he. I don't know if his. I don't know what it. I don't know what it was. He was doing good. He did get a couple of takedowns in the first, and he just kind of seemed to abandon the takedown game, takedown game, and he couldn't match him on the feet. So I didn't think think that. This was a very particularly good fight at all. And uh, same with the next fight, welterweight fight. Uh, Abu Bakar, Nurmagomedov, uh, unanimous decision over Gazi, Omar Gaziev. Yeah, just a lot of grappling, and I didn't think there was much to, to that fight. To that fight either. The, these two fights bored the hell out of me. It picked up during the next fight. Uh, Nikita Krylov, unanimous decision over Volkan Ozdemir, 30-27, and then 229-28. Oh, I want to go back to... The Nurmagomedov Omar Gaziev fight. Was this the one with the illegal knee? And and they didn't call a point. Yeah, it didn't call the point, and it was the same referee who took the who took a point away from Carol Hosa. And it was just as blatant. Like, yeah, it was just it was really the same knee. (laughs) Like, like the same position. It was was the exact same thing, and they just didn't do it. It's it's just like, yeah, I just uh, does. Going back, I went around it. Like it makes it makes zero sense. These rule, these rules, and these judges are these referees. They're so inconsistent, inconsistent. We just need to make a. Like, I think I ranted about this a few shows back. We just need to make hardline rules on these fouls, fouls yeah. that way, because it makes no sense for the same referee to take a point away in one fight but not in another. There was the one same fight. Exact foul. There was one fight, and I can't remember which one it was, but the guy got um, – somebody got warned for, like, their fingers being out, like, ten times. Yeah. Uh, and they and – they, they, I think that was – I think that was Jan a lot. Okay, and they, and they should have taken a point based on, you know, so many warnings, but they just didn't. I don't know if that was actually Jan, but I remember Jan getting warned several time, times okay. about it. About it. Yeah. Uh, but back to where we were, like, have like – Weight fight, Nikita Krylov, unanimous decision over Volkan Ozdemir. Their first round was really wild and exciting. Yeah. They were both beating the crap out of each other. It looked like somebody was going to get a get a finish, but then Krylov took over the last two rounds with with his grappling, especially in the third round, to get the decision. Then we had middleweight fight, Kyle Borallo, a unanimous decision over Mahmoud Muradov. Borallo's again grappling. There was a lot of it was a lot of fighters winning fights with their grappling on the on the show. And he was another one, and it looked really good against Muradov. But uh, 
just I would like to see Morallo get the finish because he's got a ton of potential. Potential, and he could have finished Muradov. He had him in some dangerous spots at some at one time, but still a good win for him. And then the prelims ended with Bilal Muhammad finishing Sean Brady in the second round. And then we had the main card, which we went over Fioro over Chikagian, unanimous decision. Darius over Gamrot, unanimous decision. Sugar Sean O'Malley over over Piotr Jan, split decision. Sterling over Dillashaw and Makachev over Charlie Oliveira. Charlio. Um, the uh, bonuses went to uh, Makachev for uh, performance of the night, as well as Bilal Muhammad. And the fight of the night was Jan and O'Malley, 50,000 each. 13,400 at uh, the uh, Etihad Arena. No gate announced. Doesn't matter because UFC got a site fee. Um, and uh, no, obviously, no pay per view numbers, but they probably didn't do super great on pay per view, but that doesn't really, didn't really need to. It's film content it, for you. I think it did better than you, you think. Yeah. The like, uh, the embedded numbers all week were were what a big a big UFC would do. All the probably. Training. I mean, it would have done for sure better in like Europe. Oh, for uh, yeah, and and it would have been for for sure better in uh in, in prime time. But I yeah. mean, you have these thing. You have this thing now where you can buy the pay per view and watch it whenever whenever yeah. you want. One, well, they were even to. like they were even selling it here, um, like you could buy it at the regular time, um, you know. And, yeah. and I imagine like for a lot of people that normally just buy UFCs, like they wouldn't even necessarily know that it was in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. would just look and oh, it's Saturday night. There's a UFC. Okay, I'll order it. You know, like as far as they're concerned, it's live. Like they, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of people aren't as you know super into this as we are. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and they're used to watching UFC at 10 o'clock, you know, UFC pay-per-views at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. And, hey, it was there on the pay-per-view channel. So, um, but, yeah, it, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, what, like 500,000 you're talking or you think or yeah, what? Yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, you know, it did uh, did about 1.6 million searches on. Oh, Google. wow. Okay. Google. That's, yeah, that's, that's low for a pay-per-view, but, but uh, yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it did okay. I think it did better than people might think. Well, Oliveira, you know, got a bit of a name, and Makachev's got the Khabib connection, and you've got Sugar Sean. So, um, you know, TJ is, you know, a bit of a star at Bantamweight. Yeah. So. Same t- at the same time, it's pointless to debate this if we never get Exactly. We're never going to find out unless it did yeah. super well. Yeah. Um, all right. So looking ahead to next week, uh, we got a Bellator card from Italy. We don't need to talk too much about that. Main event is Adam Piccolotti and... Mansoor Barnaway, um, and there's is that the same? Is that the same? Is is that Mansoor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from uh, uh, Maximum Male Models. Uh, Pretty sure it's the same dude. Um, If it's not, it doesn't matter. Um, And uh, yeah, the only you know, there's a few names on here that if you you know if you watch these Bellator Europe shows, you'd recognize like Charlie Ward and Saul Rogers, but it's Fabian Fabian Edwards, Leon's brother. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, that's who's fighting Charlie Ward, who I believe is one of Connor's uh, guys. Yeah, SBG Ireland, dude. Um, so yeah, that's on uh, Saturday afternoon uh, on Showtime. I don't know if this is airing live on Showtime or not. Probably is if it's it on is. A Saturday. It is. It okay. is because it says, uh, uh, let, me, let me see if I can. I, had the, um, I have the Beltor media release here somewhere. Um uh, oh, this is about the. Oh, we're going to talk about that later. Um, 
Oh, we're not going to talk about this uh, PFL and zone historic announcement. I can delete that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't have the Bellator card here. So yeah, it's not in my guy. It starts at 1230 yeah. Eastern time. I know that much. Okay. So I'll, I mean you'll check that out on Showtime or if you're in Canada, you can watch it on YouTube. Uh I I can almost guarantee I won't be watching the show. <laughs> um I think I think it's go I think if anything, the main card's going head to head with the with the early UFC prelims. So yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, because the UFC is at four Eastern, uh, main card at seven. Um, and, uh, as of right now, like, I don't know if this is correct, but the lineup I'm looking at, uh, for, for this Saturday's UFC is only 10 fights. Yep. Okay. And is that, are they looking to add any more? Is it just going to be 10? Uh, if anything, if anything, there will be 11. Okay. So then if they're, so does it, when's the main card start? Uh, seven Easter time. Six. Okay. So the prelims are not at four. Like they're probably not going to be till five at least. Prelims are currently at four Eastern time, but but that that all that all depends that all depends because because if they have if they end up doing having six prelims yeah they'll start at four Eastern. Oh, time. it'll just be a shorter main card then. No, 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 because because originally before originally there was eleven fights and it was a six prelims five main card. Yeah, so. yeah, so a little bit shorter. Like you know, if it's starting at uh, seven, I mean you, you'll be done by nine thirty. Maybe, um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but uh, main event, uh, th- and this is an ESPN Plus show, uh, TSN in Canada, I assume, although I'll have to look that up. Sometimes they put these on Fight Pass. Um, uh, Calvin Katar and Arnold Allen in the main event. Um, Allen obviously coming off that big fight in London earlier this year, and we're going to talk a little bit about UFC London later. And Qatar, um, big, big featherweight fight between a couple top ten guys, borderline top five. Um, and... Uh, and not much else on this card, really. Um, you know, and well, it's a real interesting light heavyweight fight, but um, I, uh, but but this is a super uh, important and should be excellent featherweight fight between uh, yeah. Qatar and Allen. Yeah, big, big fight. I mean, Arnold Allen. We have we have yet to see him lose in the UFC. Yeah, he is nine and zero. I don't yeah. know overall, 18 to 1, 18 to 1 overall, coming off a win over Dan Hooker, finally getting the main event, finally getting the big spot, spotlight fight. Fight. He's long deserved it. Uh, Calvin Cater, he's coming off that loss to Josh Emmett in a super close fight. And then, you know, he had the uh, the uh, big win over Chica Chikate, or, you know, back in January. He's got three straight fight of the nights. So, Calvin Cater is always in exciting fights. Arnold Allen has been in exciting fights. This should be one hell of a main event. Main event. And uh, honestly, if Arnold Allen wins, he, he should be the next in line at featherweight. And if Cater wins, uh, so Cater wins. Yeah. Yeah. That division is just so loaded. And then now you have, have the champion gunning for another belt and there's going to be no interim featherweight title, which there doesn't need to be, but, uh, but yeah, just so much going on and, going on in that division but uh yeah this this should be could be a late entrance to the fight of the year contenders arnold allen i'm pretty sure i said this last time uh he fought but he is easily one of the most underrated fighters in ufc in any weight class um I, you know and, and his last fight his last fight may have been his most impressive performance to date getting a first round uh finish over dan hooker um and uh yeah i um I, I'm su- I was super excited when you first announced this fight. I'm sure I reacted accordingly. You know, at the time when 
you know, you would have announced it at, at, at the end of one of, at, at the end of one of our shows, but uh, yeah, super, uh, super important and uh, exciting fight. I'm sure, you know, probably if it's not a fight of the year contender, then, you know, it's probably a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of where my, my anticipation level is at for this one. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the card is, you know, basically just a bunch of, um, uh, you know, names that, you know, but n- not, not super important fights. Um, but, uh, why don't you give us, uh, three fights to watch on the rest of the card? Yeah. And I, and I got three good ones. You okay. Know, there's, only, there's only nine choices, but I got three good ones. First one is going to be the, uh, what's, I guess you call it co-main event, the welterweight fight between Tim Means and Max Griffin. Tim Means always has fun fights, and Max Griffin tends to have fun fights. And and it's there's no importance in rankings in the division. They're both guys trying to get back into the win column, and it should be just it should be super fun in a in a brawl. That that should be very entertaining. Uh, second, uh, light heavyweight fight that kicks off the main card: Dustin Jacoby and Khalil Rountree. You talk about two guys who, with a ton of kickboxing experience. Like this could be magic, magical stuff on the feet between the between the two. It could be the closest to to a glory fight that we see inside the UFC octagon. It's just it, that one got has me all excited. And the third one, I got a few choices for it, but I'm going to go with Andre Arlovsky against Marco Sergio de Lima. Andre Arlovsky looking to tie Jim Miller. Again, for the most <laughs> UFC wins of all time, forty-three years old, but he he's six and one in his last seven fights, with the only loss being to Tom Aspinall. Yeah, it's very long odds that Arlovsky will get a finish because he hasn't finished anybody in you know since the Fox era. <laughs> since uh, since uh, and what? before that, he'd never gone the distance, and now all he ever does is go the distance. Uh, before that, he had gone the distance a few times, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's been since May 2015 since he got his last finish. But uh, but yeah, he's still he's still going on, and uh, Arlovsky. You know, <laughs> I remember watching him, you know, USC debut back in 2001, and just. Well, when I was doing so. when I was doing my homework, I mean, I you have to go back four, eight, nine fights before you find a fight that Arlovsky lost that you know he wasn't against a guy that he had basically no chance of winning, you know, um, because you know he had the loss to Aspinall and the loss to Rosenstruck, and and then he, but he's got seven wins in that span. Um, it's just an incredible run, and I've said it many times, and I'll probably say it again this week. He's a better fighter now than he was when he was UFC champion. It's just that the rest of the division has, you know, is is so much better now than they were back then. I'm not saying he, this Andre Orlovsky would have won the world title back then because he had so many, you know, it's a, just a natural power and the speed and stuff that he doesn't have now. But he's a better mixed martial artist now than he was uh, when he was 25, um, oh, yeah, in my sure. opinion. For sure, I agree. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, the interesting thing about the round tree Jacoby fight and, and he is not one of my ROI picks, but round tree wins every time he's an underdog and he loses every time he's a favorite. Like, I don't know of anybody like that. Um, and you have to go back like 10 fights before you find a fight where he won as a favorite or lost as an underdog and he's an underdog in this one. So, um, 
a bonus ROI pick. I would put my money on Roundtree because he's he's an underdog and he always wins when he's an underdog. But uh, my three ROI picks: um, Arnold Allen is uh, got a fifty four point seven percent ROI. He is a plus one hundred five underdog, and he's won the only two fights that he's been an underdog in in UFC. Um, Waldo Cortez Acosta making his UFC debut against Jared Vandera. I'm amazed that he's only a minus 195 favorite because this feels like sure money. Um, and he's got a 70.6% ROI. So I would, and he's a three and zero record as a favorite. I would definitely put all my money on Waldo in this one. I don't, I've never seen him fight, but I, I know he's fighting Jared Vandera. Um, and uh, Andre Arlovsky, 66.3% ROI over his last 10 fights. He is coming in as a one plus 155 underdog. And in his last 10 fights, he's got a 5-3 and three record as an underdog. And, uh, I mean, and he's fighting uh, uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, who is not exactly a world beater. So um, I think there's good value in, in Arlovsky this time as well. And he'll just keep that amazing run going. So um arlovsky cortez ocasta and allen and then little bonus of khalil Rontree if you want if you want to make a little bit more money and i think like i can't even remember the last time i lost money on these roi picks so well actually it was last week but other than that um every week i've been making money so um and i made my money back uh on betting on uh, baseball last week so there you go nice yeah um all right so that is uh that is that that was the ufc show so that is again on uh espn plus on saturday right. afternoon let me go over the card oh yeah sorry yeah. Think- so uh so yeah right now has 10 fights if there's an 11th fight it'll be uh christian rodriguez was supposed to fight garrett armfield but armfield pulled out uh over the weekend due to staff infection which you know will kind of tie into something we're going to talk about here in a bit oh yeah but uh, it's unknown if they're going to get a, a replacement to fight Rodriguez, but uh, it's also possible. So there's possible that Rodriguez could remain a, on a card against a short notice replacement, which would bring it up to bring our card up to eleven. But as of now, we have a uh, ten fight scheduled. Scheduled to kick off with a flyweight fight: Cody Durden against the debut in Carlos Mota, who's the uh, LFA flyweight champion. Uh, Durden was supposed to fight Clayton Rodriguez, but he pulled out due to whatever reason undisclosed reasons so yeah mota mota was signed today so that fight was made literally today so that's gonna that is on the card then we have a featherweight fight chase super back against uh steve garcia so so there's a lot of chase super fans out there and uh it'll be interesting to see his his progression he's looked he looked good in his last He's yeah in his last fight yeah he finished Felipe Collars in his last fight and looked good in that one so it'll be interesting to see how he looks here should be a should be a winnable fight for him then we have a middleweight fight Joseph Holmes against June Young Park then we have the heavyweight fight Andre Arlovsky against Marcos Rogeria de Lima and the prelims are are uh, capped off with a interesting middleweight fight Phil Halls against Roman Delize yeah both these both. Uh, Halls is coming off a win over Darren Wynn, and Delize is coming is coming off two straight wins and uh, wins in four of his five UFC fights. That should be a uh, they both won down in Austin in June, so it should be a good fight. Then our five fight main card kicks off with the light heavyweight fight Dustin Jacoby against Khalil Roundtree. In the middleweight fight Treshawn Gorg is Josh Frim, two prospects looking for their first UFC win, and the loser could be outside of the UFC next. So that's a big fight for both. Then we have the heavyweight fight, Waldo Cortez Acosta from the contender series this year against Jared Vandera. Then 
welterweights uh, Tim Means against Max Griffin. Then your main event, Calvin Cater against Arnold Allen. Yeah, that and that again is ESPN Plus and TSN in Canada uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern. So uh, they, so we have to talk about. Oh, we got to do our question of the week, and I'm supposed to ask you a question. And I thought I, you know what, I I want to bring it back to um, uh, the the. And Trishon Gore is an interesting case study, as well as um, there's a guy that fought on this week's card as well that lost. Um, you mentioned him, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but you said that he um, – A.J. Dobson and Trishon Gore. I want to put these guys in the same category, and I'm sure there's other people that you can come up with. And I know the answer to this question is obvious, but I want to talk about it anyway. So, Ryan, here's the question of the week. Did Dana White – give away too many contracts on the contender series and or the ultimate fighter because we have fighters that clearly are not ready for ufc that are being put into the deep waters and it could be hurting their careers i want i mean the obvious answer is yes on that but to what extent was too many uh i mean i think well what did we say this year it's something like like 43 out of 48 yeah 48 possible possible 43 out of 48 winners got contracts plus two guys who who lost got contracts i mean yeah there's definitely too many too many and you know dana gets all excited when you know when somebody finishes and has has a good performance and you want to you you want to you want to grab somebody like that before somebody else somebody else and i think he got I think he got trigger happy on giving out contracts after the Brendan Loftane thing happened. Yeah. Because before then, before then he was stingy for a lot, for a lot over the first three years, three years. And then Brendan Loftane won, should have got a contract. They didn't give it to him. And then all of a sudden within a week, like he's the hottest free agent in, in MMA and they don't, they didn't get the chance to sign him. He signed with PF PFL before they had a chance to, Rectify that. So I think he got trigger happy. Trigger Who cares? Happy it's Brendan Lofton. Like, yeah, I mean, it's not. But like he's, <laughs> but he's been very good over in PFL. Too. But it's Brendan Lofton, like, and but, it's PFL. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, he's, he's not. But it's still, be a difference but it's maker. still, he got heavily criticized for yeah. for that. And Brendan Lofton has turned out to be. A very quality fighter. Who who knows? Brendan Lofton by now could be a ranked featherweight. And, and he UFC will be is. as soon as he's, he's done with there. Yeah. He'll be, he'll so I think, he got, trigger, I think yeah. he got trigger happy and, yeah. and uh, just, yeah, there's been too many guys. Who so, got, so who is the solution is a solution then maybe just to give them a contract, but then put them on the regional scene for a few fights, you know, under a UFC contract. Maybe that's what they need to do. They need to do that with some of these people. There's, and yeah. there's some guys who, who look like super ready yeah. for UFC on the, on the contender series. It's hard to say it's, and it's also hard, hard proposition to say, say, saying like, you're ready. You might be ready. You might not. So we're going to give this guy a regular contract and give this guy a regional scene contract, which is, you know, it's kind of like, like, you know, letting half of the, half of the wind out of your lungs kind of thing. Well, I think if you're, I think a rule of thumb would be like, if you've got under 10 fights, unless you're like a guy like, um, you know, who, you know, the guy we're going to talk about in a bit, 
um you know like if you're under 10 fights which you know would be aj dobson would be trishan gore although you know he's ultimate fighter so it doesn't really count but yeah, i'm kind of putting him in the same boat but if you're that early in your career it can't hurt you to go fight on lfa for a couple fights and you know just get kind of get your sea legs in and and stuff but if you're a guy maybe you know you're credentialed in another sport or you're coming in with you know just so ready you know um that that you know you have no choice but but i think those are people are very rare you know, you, your bone nickels are not, you know, like most people are not going to be bone nickels. So if you've got under 10 fights, I think, yeah, you get your contract, you know, you're guaranteed you're going to get into UFC, but we're going to put you on the regional scene for a few fights just to, you know, make sure, you know, you are what we think you are. But yeah. and, and you're getting your UFC money, but you're doing it in LFA. So. Or even even that, even they don't have to sign with them, but but sit down with the fighter and the yeah. managers to be like, hey, fight for these promotions that we're that we're friendly with. Don't sign with Bellator. Don't sign with PFL. Don't sign with some of these promotions that are that are playing hardball when it comes to comes to letting fighters oh. out of their contracts that we want. We yeah. want fight for these organizations, and then we'll pick you up when you get when you get to ten fights if you're still doing good. Maybe they get a signing good. bonus or something. Yeah, you know, and and then so they technically they have a contract, but they just don't have fights. So it's really hard to say. I would. I mean, I wish he would make a hardline rule of there's five fights tonight, but only three contracts to be given. Yeah, out. which yeah. three? Which three are going to pr- impress me the most? And then the the other, you know, if we get five finishes, then yeah, you bring those two other fighters back for yeah. for another show later on. Yeah. Um, all right, the news we got to talk about. So this is our new we got to talk about segment, and uh, if if it goes well, which I think we got some interesting stuff here, uh, you know, we'll uh, maybe put this up on YouTube, and people that didn't hear the whole show can at least hear this stuff. Um, so. We got to talk about a bunch of stuff. And uh, leading off is a guy we haven't talked about in a while. Uh, I mean, I think we mentioned his name earlier in the show, but we haven't really done a segment on him in a while. Uh, Conor McGregor, uh, what's his current status? Okay, so we finally got a little bit of clarification. We've, Me and you, we've talked on this show for a while about how he was not being tested by USADA all year all year and then and then some people dug into it and and you know it became public it became kind of like newsworthy but no one ever knew the reason why he hadn't been like nobody knew the reason why he's the only fighter under the ufc roster who had not been drug tested in a year even fighters who haven't fought in a long time even guys like uriah faber and john hathaway who are being drug tested why are they being drug tested and connor's not Dana let it slip this weekend that apparently Conor McGregor has not been in the USADA drug testing pool for a while. So, mm. which is interesting. Did he, did he, you know, which means he pulled himself out, whether he, re, whether he notified USADA that he was retired or whatever, he pulled himself out of the USADA testing pool, testing pool. So that's why he hasn't been tested. Of course, of course, I've tried, and I know a bunch of people try to have tried to get statements from USADA, and USADA won't answer the question, so we can't get a direct thing from him. But according to Dana White, Conor McGregor is not in the USADA drug testing pool, which is also makes also curious. Like, if he wants to fight, now he's got to re-enter the pool and wait six months. Yep. So, so any you know, all he does constantly is tweet about fighting. And all he does, like he tries to take over, take over, you know, Saturday after Makachev wins, tries to take over everything on social media, but, but you can't fight for at least six months. And that's if you put your, if you put yourself back in the USADA pool today. So, I mean, 
you know, he's got to get back in there before your fight, of, of course. And it's kind of like people who are expecting to see Connor for a while. You're not really, you know, it's going to be six months. It's going to be, I still think July is the earliest we'll see him. Yeah. Uh, which, again, uh, with all the people talking about him and, you know, even, you know, allegedly Nate Diaz being offered a fight with him and all that. And if he wasn't even in the testing pool, and obviously Dana knew that, yeah. um, you know, much ado about nothing, as they say. I mean, he's filming Roadhouse right now anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't, doesn't really matter for the next few months. So. And, you know, for probably taking stuff to look good for that movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, have you seen pictures of him lately? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He looks, he looks pretty big. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. And to, you know what? And you're allowed to in Hollywood. Yeah, so yeah, he's trying to, test. he's probably trying to fit apart, you know? Yeah. Um, we also got a press release, uh, it's early this morning or late last night, uh, from Bellator about, uh, they they've done this before, but this looks like a slightly different formula Bellator against Ryzen on uh, new year's Eve in Japan. And they're going to have a first of its kind five on five main card, which they're talking yeah. about. So I guess it's going to be five matches with a Bellator fighter against a Ryzen fighter in each fight and you know, probably keeping score and stuff. And they've got all their big stars. They've announced uh, Patricio Pitbull, AJ McKee, uh, Juan Archuleta, Kyoji Horiguchi, uh, probably some other ones. I don't know if you knew, you got any more in details on this or just what the press release yeah, said. Just just what the press release says, but but I guess that's what they were. Whenever hint, whenever Scott Coker and uh, God, I forget forget his name. Whoever had a rise in his, I forget the name. you know the, yeah, guy, he's the guy that pride. used to do um, pride, uh, Dream, yeah. yeah, and Pride. Yeah, but whenever they met, you know, in Hawaii, I guess this was the deal they were working on, and it should be interesting. And it gives it gives a little shine to that New Year's Eve card. New Year's Eve always used to be a big deal in MMA, you know, just yeah for uh, for Dream and all that. You know, it's still Bellator and Ryzen, which you know they don't. Neither one of them are as talked about as they were years ago. Years ago, but it still should be fun. Fun. I don't know who Ryzen has who will be able to compete with with some of those guys. Like I don't know. No, I mean there. You know, and again, we we don't really follow Ryzen enough to know. But it's going to be at the Saitama Super Arena, which is you know a legendary building, and these shows always do really well um, for ticket sales. And even on they they put it on TV in Japan, and New Year's Eve is like the biggest night of TV in Japan. So they'll probably have you know like somewhere between six and ten million people watching this show, um, and uh, you know, and and so it's good exposure for Bellator in that part of the world. I'm not sure exactly what that means for their business model, but. Um, you know, I it can't hurt. Um, sir, and then here, you know, it'll probably just be, you know, on Showtime or maybe even Fight. I, I don't know. Um, and they've got, uh, they've, they put out their schedule for the rest of the year. There's only three more cards for Beltar. We got the one this weekend, one in November and one in December. And then that, um, that Ryzen show on New Year's Eve. Um, so, uh, not not much left for Beltor this year, um, which again, we've talked about it before. They got so many guys in their contract and they just don't, run any shows but uh yeah uh next up uh we new ufc main event on november 5th i think they announced this on the card on saturday right yeah they made it official originally the main event was supposed to be bryce mitchell against mavzar Ivloyev, but Ivloyev got hurt and had to pull out they tried to get uh mitchell a new opponent they did get mitchell a new fight but it'll be at be at ufc 282 in december against uh Ilya tapiria 
which is a hell of a fight. And then maybe if Bryce Mitchell wins, he can have his flat earth debate with Joe Rogan live <laughs> on air, you know, that he wants to have so bad. But uh, but anyway, new main event on November 5th, Marina Rodriguez against Amanda Lemos. So quality wow. strawweight fight. Marina Rodriguez is in in the mix for a title shot. Uh, she's got, uh, I don't know who who might be ahead of her, you know, honestly, because Whaley, Whaley's fighting Carla and will probably beat Carla, let's be honest. Yeah. So next would probably be be Marina Rodriguez if she if she beats Amanda Lemos again, you know. So, yeah, that's a big fight for, for the division there. Um, we got uh, UFC 285 and UFC UK updates. Yes, there was a lot of talk this week, this weekend about UFC March pay per view being being in London or in London, London and all that. UFC two eighty five, which is UFC two eighty five, is the is the early March. So UFC two eighty five is March fourth in Las Vegas. It was always going to be March fourth in Las Vegas. They have run an early March pay per view from the T Mobile Arena every year since it opened. There's a contract yeah. there that yeah. does not stop there from being does not stop there from being a second March pay-per-view in the UK, which is what it's looking like. You know, this, uh, I don't, it wasn't this year, but it was, it was last year, uh, the pandemic year, 2020 or 2021, where they yep. ran, where they ran two March pay-per-views. They ran an early March and a, and a late March. They can, and they can run the UK show late March, early April, but there is going to be a UK pay-per-view in March or April plan the it's on it's on it's in the plan it's in the works with, so would that be with with edwards and usman in the main event at the at a no uh i mean they're supposedly targeting in a stadium the, okay. it'll be in the uh, they'll do they'll do it live in the uk okay and, it, and they'll do an afternoon show i don't think they care anymore Okay, so the the issue, but the issue would be uh, if you're doing it late March or early April, you're running up against uh, March Madness, which they don't want to do on on an afternoon show. There's they've done it before. They've done it before. They 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 they've done it before. Okay. All right. Um, Patty's UFC 282 appointment. We talked about this last week, and I think you even mentioned the name. Um, I, you I said I, a guy I, like this. I, I, maybe a guy like this. I did not mention the name. No, you didn't I, say who it was, but I think yeah. you may have said like a guy like who he's in a fight. Yeah. He's fighting Jared Gordon, which is yeah. a, you know, honestly, it's very, it's very interesting fight to me because Jared Gordon has a lot of experience, a lot of UFC experience. And is a very strong wrestler, wrestler, not the best on the feet, but, uh, but I, I did not think they would give Patty someone as that, that experienced. Well, this is the kind of guy that he has to beat. Yeah. If if he's going to, uh, if he's going to get anywhere. And the thing, the thing I like, if I'm the UFC matchmakers with, um, with him is the fact that his four UFC losses have all been finishes. And uh, and and he's always won by decision. And I think they think that if this fight goes any length of time, that eventually Patty's either going to knock him out or submit him. Yeah. And uh, it's, that's the idea. Now, whether it actually happens, we got to have the fight. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's it's. I think it's a perfect fight. 
Yeah, I was expecting more along the lines of giving, of giving Patty somebody who had like four or five UFC fights as opposed to somebody who who has hit. I think Gordon's hit 10, 10 UFC fights now, so so yeah. kind of where I was surprised on it. But but it's the right type of opponent to see. Where Eleven actually, at. seven and four, seven yeah. and four in UFC. It's the right type of opponent to see where Patty's at right now. So yeah, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that one as I always am with uh, with Pat, Patty fights, and that is going to be in Las Vegas in December. Um, and uh, Bo Nickel injured. Uh, first I heard of it was when I got your notes. Yeah, yeah, he's injured, and so he's off of UFC 282. His big debut was supposed to be on the pay per view main card, main card with uh, against Jamie Pickett. Uh, he's not fighting. Fighting uh, the plan is to put Bo Nickel on the March fourth UFC two eighty five card in, in Las Vegas for his debut. So, uh, Maybe, well, but probably against somebody else. They'll probably get pick another fight instead of holding him off until March. And who? Um, who? Uh, what happened to him? I, it's an undisclosed injury. I have okay. no no idea what the actual injury was. Just that he's injured. I'm looking over this card uh, for uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh my God, it's a good card. <laughs> like so is so is so is December. So is UFC, yeah, this UFC 282. Which, by the way, UFC 282 is starting to look unlikely. John Jones is going to be on the show. So yeah, I mean that's because wow. the card looks pretty full. Oh, sorry, that's full. the one I'm looking at. It is the UFC 282 that I'm looking at. Yeah. Sorry, um, the yeah, um, the 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 one that Patty's on. Um, it's just insane. This card, yeah, and um, then you had then you had Bryce Mitchell and Ilya Tapuria. Yeah, the, well, that's uh, on the lineup I'm looking at. Yeah, um, so. you know, Chris Curtis and Joaquin Buckley. Uh, we've got Chris Daukus and Yarzen Zero Rosenstruck, Darren Till and Jaikus Duplessis, um, Billy Quarantillo and uh, Alexander Hernandez. Like, oh my God, Coach Edmund and Dolce Lungiambula. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we'll be talking a lot about that as as that comes up. Uh, you brought this up earlier in the show, uh, staff infection, Iller Latifi. Uh, and you may recall he did a promo after his last fight where he mentioned that he came into the fight with a staff infection. He had just finished fighting 15 minutes with, um, I don't even remember who he beat. Uh, uh, Alexi Olenek. Alexi Olenek, yeah. And, uh, you know, rubbing up against him for 15 minutes with an infected leg. Uh, so what happened to uh, – Old Mr. Latifi. Well, remember how he said said after that, you know, do not publicly admit that. Yes. Because it's it's a bad idea. Well, he publicly admitted it, and now he is currently under suspension from use from uh, the Nevada Athletic Commission for fighting with a staff infection, and they're investigating investigating it. So he is suspended, can't fight. For a while, he claimed that was his, that that it was his last fight on his UFC deal, but then his manager Ali went on Twitter saying, "No, he's got fights left." So, oh well, he might, <laughs> he might not now. Yeah, he might not now. He might not now. You know, he he's in his forties, and you know he's he was talking about slowing down, and this might have inadvertently ended his career. So, All right. so fighters, if you have a staff infection. Please say something ahead of time, or don't say anything at all. Keep it quiet, because that's the you know you shouldn't fight with a staff infection because because it it could infect a lot of different people people for one. But if you're actually going to be stupid enough to do it, just don't ever say anything. 
All right. And our last uh, news item, um, and we won't have to talk much about this, but uh, Dana White and uh, the Fertitas are back in business together. The uh, the Power Slap League, which is <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I want to admit something. When I first saw these videos on social media about people just slapping the shit out of each other <laughs> in sport, I was thoroughly entertained. I, I'll put it all. This thing I'll, intrigues me, man. <laughs> I'll admit it. And then when I actually thought thought about it, and our good friend Carla, Carla Duran, you know, yeah, uh, Stitch's daughter, she brings up, uh, you know, she brings up, a, she was mentioning something to me, which I had already agreed with at a time because I was kind of joking when I was making 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 these references, but it's something I thought about, and she reminded me of it. This stuff is not good. Because they're just taking slaps as hard as possible to yep. the head with no defense. It's just this is just constant brain damage. You might as well just use a baseball bat. And this is stupid <laughs> that Nevada sanctioned it. It is well, absolutely stupid. Money talks. And I could never take Dana talking about fighter safety serious again. If he's going to do something stupid like this, and like you, I get you know it. what he's kind of make, guys they're going to get, he's trying to make, he's trying to make money and all of that and all that, and he's he's bringing an idea, idea, you know, he's bringing something that has a hardcore following, following elsewhere, and bringing it to limelight and trying to score score money off of it. I get that, but this this is just this is bad news written all over it, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be happening, but it's gonna. And yeah. uh, it's going to be uh, probably at the Apex and probably going to see it on UFC Fight Pass, if not some other broadcast network. So uh, check, look that up. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued, but I, I have a feeling when I see it, I'm not going to like it. And I haven't watched the videos. I just, you know, just the idea of it is is just fascinating, but also appalling. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, I found it funny as first because it's like really guys slapping the shit out of each other this is what we're this is what we've devolved well, it's, it's like you know she and uh suzuki you know yeah yeah and it's just like and then it's just like you know what when you think about about it and the brain damage and then there was that one there was recently one big i don't know how big he was in the pat in the fight slap community <laughs> but uh he died from brain damage oh from it so it's very recent so it's just like yeah, did they, did this, they have a women's division? Of course, you know they got to bring in for their women's division, right? Who? Steph. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> All right, fight announcements. Um, you got a few here you want to highlight? Okay, uh, UFC Fight Night on November fifth. Uh, Mark Madsen. He was supposed to fight on this week's show against Drakkar Close, but uh, Close pulled out due to a torn ACL. Grant Dawson stepped in, but they moved it back a week. To, so that way uh, Dawson would have a little extra time to make weight. So that'll be on next week's show on November 5th, which that November 5th show we just talked about with Rodriguez and Limos, Limos headlining. Some of the undercard stuff is pretty interesting on that show. So, so. I, when, when I saw, like you said, November 5th main event, and then I saw this fight, I was like, well, that's, you know, an interesting main event. It's not very marquee. And then I didn't realize that wasn't the main event because, because no. I, re- I remember the thing on, from the card. But this, I mean, it's no, not much worse, honestly. <laughs> Plus, on the fight announcement thing, I, I highlight what the main event yeah. is if it's one. Anyway, yeah. so but anyway, yeah. uh, November uh, 19th, UFC Fight Night. Uh, I 
guy who's rising in popularity, Jack Della Maddalena. He uh, he's fighting uh, Danny Roberts. Hot shot, right? fight. That should be a that should be a really fun fight. And then two the two fights we talked about for UFC 282, Patty against Jared Gordon, and Bryce Mitchell against Ilya Tapuria. Uh, UFC fight night December seventeenth. Amir Al Bazi was supposed to fight somebody. I forget who, who, but they pulled out. But so Brandon Royville stepped in. So Royville against Albazi should be that should be one hell of a fight there. Uh, UFC two eighty three December twenty first Brazil. Lauren Murphy against Jessica Andrade. Lauren Murphy did not go to Abu Dhabi to see who would win the Man and Fioro fight. So no, she's because she, she got Andrade. Yeah, she headed to to, to uh, uh, Brazil. Yeah. And then our uh, first fight for Australia card, UFC 284, on on February 11th, is a big one. The middleweight fight, Robert Whitaker against Paulo Costa. They should make that five rounds. They won't, but they should. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Brandon Royval and Amir Elbazi, uh, the, uh, I wonder if um, – uh, what's his name? The guy that just won this week is going to be uh, watching that one and maybe even – weighing in just to be safe yeah Mikhaev, so, yeah yeah he called him out uh yeah. he wants he wants that fight and that that fight's gonna happen uh <laughs> well at you, some you, point you know what fight i would do for Mokayev next now that i think about it him and tim elliott oh god yes yeah yeah that, that, that would be there. incredible uh because elliott will not tap <laughs> so i mean the, the, you know they'll roll around well i mean he will eventually but i mean that, be that'd a, be a lot of fun it'd be a huge step up right now for mokayev i think you may i think you give him one more unranked guy but if you're gonna start giving him ranked people start with tim elliott well there's still only like what, what do they have like about 35 flyweights under contract so yeah like half the fighters are ranked anyways so yeah. he's he's got to fight a rank guy soon but yeah i love that fight let's do that one Let, let's book it um, all right, so that's going to just about do it uh, for this show. Uh, so if you haven't already, check out Ryan's coverage of last week's UFC, the um, uh, um, uh, the Grasso-Viviano um, Raggio fight uh, headlined. Uh, I just read it uh, this afternoon. And, uh, and then you can also check out his coverage of UFC 282 in next week's Observer. Um, and, uh, and also the coverage of this coming weekend's card on the Wrestling Observer website, uh, afternoon early evening uh as ryan always does and you can also follow both of us on twitter he's ryan j frederick i'm paul ace fontaine and uh you can just look for our pretty little blue check marks um and uh and i um i've just got the usual stuff i got the dynamite show on the fight game media patreon if you haven't already subscribed five bucks a month patreon.com backslash fight game media and as well as um as as this show uh, which we do every week and then we try to put up a youtube clip as well so ryan uh if you've got nothing else to plug uh why don't you take us home like you always do all right hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later